This is Justin Mason with The Mostly Green Life, the podcast that's making sustainability and our connection to the environment more fun and approachable for the eco-curious. Today, we're recapping our recent episodes centered mostly around the planet. Earth Day has come and gone, but as Brandy reminds us, every day should be Earth Day. We got some actionable and easy insights and tips for doing a little better by old Mother Earth. Let's start with Lizzie and her company, Finch. She goes into incredible details about how it all works, but the gist of it is definitely install their browser app so you can check the sustainability score of the things you buy regularly for your house and maybe see if there's better options that still do the job for you. Especially if you're an Amazon shopper, it's seamless on that site and we love it. Yeah, we installed this app and immediately switched several things. I mean, it was our toilet paper we switched, right? Sponges mm-hmm. and then even trash bags. I think you made that purchase. I don't quite remember that one. Yes, we switched <laughs> trash bags. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got a link saved for when we replace our sheets and towels too. Perfect. So Finch, they really do all of the hard work for you. And honestly, I think it's one of the most impactful things that we've done recently um, in our house. It just covers so much for what we buy and it's so dang easy. Yeah, I really was surprised at how impactful that one was. And you just look at the scores and it's got the products there. And I feel like when you're looking for better products, it can be hard to then, if, if you know this trash bag is probably not the best trash bag, it's hard to then go find it. Mm-hmm. But it's all right there on Amazon and it's the scores of the other things compared to it. Now it is, um, what did she say? It is relative. So there are some product categories where it's, nothing is good for the environment, but you can still make the best choice out there. Right. Absolutely. So you can head on over to their website, www.choosefinch.com. That's www.choosechoose, finch, F-I-N-C-H.com. And from there, you can download the Chrome extension. And it's completely free. We don't, we don't get paid by them. We're not earning anything here and you don't have to pay anything either. They have a team of scientists digging deep into sustainability not just the materials, because some things can say, hey, this is a bamboo, you know, this is a bamboo thing for your bathroom, but how is it made and what energy went into it and all these other factors, which I think is what's that, like 26 points that they investigate mm-hmm. and products across 85 categories or something like that. And they continually expand. So after Lizzie, We had probably our densest episode of tips as consumers with Brandi Clark Burton. She is just so passionate about the environment and really does a great job of connecting individual action with overall goals. She she's created many tools and resources over the years for people to get involved and take action. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of her best points was that while some individual actions are not going to make a huge difference, it's about the message that you're sending to your spheres of influence. You know, it's worth It's worth it to bring reusables to events or to offer to take back recyclables if it's not available, just to show others that you care. If you care, you know, the people around you, they're going to care a little bit more. And I've seen it firsthand with family and friends. And it's so heartwarming when somebody close to you goes a little out of their way to be friendlier to the environment, knowing that it's mainly important to you, but then they also feel great about it too. Yeah, that's really cool. A cool site she shared was rare.org, R-A-R-E.org the leading behavior change organization in the conservation world. They have a people-centered approach rooted in behavioral and social science and design thinking, which makes environment and climate-friendly behaviors easier to adopt and their impact longer-lasting. You can head to their website to learn more about the organization and to donate to their cause. A cool book she shared, though disclaimer, we haven't 
quite checked it out. We haven't picked it up and read this yet. It's called Saving Us by Catherine Hayhoe, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which we'll include in these show notes as well. Another great resource is The Drawdown Project. They did massive research and published a book detailing the most impactful things people can do to affect climate change. The website is www.drawdown.org. That's D-R-A-W-D-O-W-N.org. Some of them are big commercial or industrial solutions, but who knows, maybe you're in that industry. Vegan diets are high on the list, along with how we choose to get our energy in our home. Check it out and see if you get any inspiration. Brandy is a co-founder of the Austin Commons. So if you live in Austin, check out www.theaustincommon.com to discover new ways to connect to Austin's civic community with their community calendar, featuring events from dozens of local nonprofits and advocacy groups. She's currently the Chief Inspiration Officer of Eco Networking, which provides strategic consulting, market research, and business development for green businesses. That's a mouthful. <laughs> and helps small to mid-sized businesses improve their social and environmental track record. She's an amazing person and easy to get in touch with. We'll include her LinkedIn if you want to get in touch with her and put her to work for your business. Next, we had House of ZZ a sustainable and ethical swimwear brand that Jessica has wanted to have on the show ever since we started. Isn't that right, Jess? <laughs> yes, that's true. I'm obsessed. They tout themselves as a bikini brand that gives a damn, and their suits are so cute. They've been my go-to for the past year, and I've also enjoyed incorporating some of the pieces into casual wear, like with a skirt or shorts. <laughs> I'd say more than cute. They're hot. These bikinis <laughs> yeah, are hot. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I love that they're an Austin-based brand, first and foremost, but most importantly, I love their brand ethos and how, they gone about, how they've gone about choosing their fabrics, manufacturing facility, and even the packaging materials they send it in. Yeah, I learned a lot from that episode, and I really, it was fascinating how much care they have taken in their selection, things that I didn't even realize were, you know, issues that would come up, and they really approached everything from the right way, so mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. And it was cool to learn that their fabrics are derived from industrial plastic waste, unused fabric scraps, fishing nets, carpets, and other materials. You can't tell at all that they are <laughs> this. It, it's a, uh, you know, it's really cool fabric. Yeah. And it turns into an even higher quality fabric than what all of the original materials were derived from. Right. Um, I think online, and I guess I can attest to this as well um, with their swimsuits, they like sunscreen doesn't rub off as much and the chlorine hasn't affected it as much. And so they're able to like spin up this really high quality product. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. When they said about that the nylon is infinitely recyclable, I didn't believe it. And I dug in and did some research and it really does seem like nylon in particular, there's a lot of plastics that break down each time you use them. And so they're not recyclable a ton of times, but it seems like nylon is. Mm. However, they make it, they're able to do it. And we didn't even get into the topic of microplastics. One third of microplastic pollution can be attributed to clothing from us washing our clothes like we all have to do. And those microplastics are entering our waterways, which eventually lead to the ocean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's insane to consider as well that 60% of all clothing made today is derived from plastic. It really is. I, I assumed it was still mostly cotton, but man. Right. I mean, and I guess yoga pants because everyone wears yoga pants. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> So a big takeaway, less is more. Shopping secondhand is a great way to cut back on consumption, and you can go to thrift stores or companies like ThreadUp to buy products that are previously used, borrowing from friends or family. And if you are buying new, support companies that are going the extra mile to ensure they're sourcing materials sustainably. And ask yourself if you're going to wear it 
I don't know, like 20 times or more. <laughs> yeah, that should be a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> the average article of clothing is only worn seven times wow. here in the U.S. It's 120 times globally, but here in the U.S. it's seven. Whoa, yeah. that's insane. So let's be better than that average. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Low bar, but let's right. be better. Next, we took a little journey through cannabinoids with Sean Cooney of the Sustainable Cannabis Coalition. That episode dropped on 420. And it was very interesting to learn that sustainability is really just now starting to even be quantified in the industry. They're in the write it down and do better next time phase mm -hmm. of standards development. Yeah, and it's insane that there's literally no transparency at all for consumers at the dispensaries. It seems like if you're smoking something, you should be able to know where it's from and what's in it. Yeah, and I, I just can't even believe that companies aren't doing that. I guess when we go to the dispensary, though, it's still new enough. When we've gone, we're just like, well, I mean, give me the good stuff, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I mean, if a company would just put it on their packaging, how much more would that sell? I mean, I don't know, I guess, the, who the average consumer is, but... It, it should be, because you're literally smoking it. Yeah, and so, like if it said organic marijuana. You know, I think people would opt for that since they are smoking it. I would think so, too. And yeah, it, that's just nuts. Uh, and his closing point about asking the next question, I think is one of the cooler and most impactful for me. Make sure it suits your experience when you're ordering weed in particular or when you're ordering anything. Make sure it does its job. But then ask that next question. Where was this grown? How was this grown? Where was this made? And it, it doesn't need to be all those questions, but one of them. Ask one more mm -hmm. question about sustainability. And that really is how a lot of standards and industries move forward with consumers asking questions that then get asked of the vendors that then get asked to the producers and you just might be able to make some change. Yeah, for sure. And it's applicable across all industries, whether it's clothes or cars or food, just ask that next question and, and know that it puts it into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, you think even sex toys? <laughs> I think we did ask. We did ask Lily from Afterglow and she mentioned the sustainability around sex toys was just that you use them for a long time. Like they're very durable and they last a long time. I don't think she knew much about like what went into the production of it. Yeah. But it was mainly that it was I mean, every sex toy we bought was in some huge plastic container. So that could be changed. That could be changed. <laughs> I will. Definitely. Also, I guess there are other drugs too besides cannabis we should be asking supply chain questions about. But that might get us into some trouble, depending on the drug. <laughs> so maybe don't always ask the next question. But I do remember when we started this podcast, I had an idea to do an episode about illicit substances and see if we could track recreational drugs to their source and understand quality, safety, sustainability around them. You didn't seem too interested in that, Jess. So if any listeners think we should attempt it, let us know. Reach out and say you want us to do that episode. And then I will start my research on illicit <laughs> substances. And last but not least is our beloved friend, George Kofer. I just love being around him and his wife, Mary Elizabeth, and their daughter, Hannah. They're just a great family. Yeah, they're all just <laughs> great humans. He's truly a Renaissance man and has been able to find common ground, I think, with anyone he ever talks to and effectively communicates his ideas and influences the people around him. I honestly have to wish I had recorders when I hang out with him and remember his one-liners and answers to questions because they're always just so funny and wise. He's a, a great guy and a mentor and a really good example of someone who enjoys life while also doing right by the planet. The concept of a conservation easement, which he has spent most of his career working on, 
probably isn't applicable to a lot of people in their life, but I promise you it will come up in elections occasionally. And I think it's a really cool concept for everyone to be aware of. There's federal dollars for these easements, which there should be more of and will probably be voted on at times. There's state dollars, which there should be more of and will be voted on occasionally. And people can support Hill Country Conservancy or their counterparts wherever you are directly. If you have land around you that you want to see protected forever, tell everyone around you about conservation easements. Yes, and I immediately thought of my parents and their land. I'm sure lots of people are connected to private ranches somehow. Well, at least in Texas. <laughs> right. <laughs> at least enough that it's worth sharing such a cool way to help the environment. Yeah. But backing up a bit, what exactly is a confirm what exactly is a conservation easement again, Mason? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Jessica. Sure. It is a legal contract. So it's filed in the courts. I think state or county. I think you mentioned state. I forget exactly which. But either way, it is enforceable forever. The landowner in perpetuity. In perpetuity, the landowner voluntarily <laughs> gives up their rights to do whatever they want with the land in exchange for tax breaks, protection from developers, and often even compensation. It's a contract in, in perpetuity. Per there you go. Meaning forever. Your kids and grandkids can't reverse these contracts. So he kept talking about everyone needs to have lots of conversations around it. Make sure you don't, you know, divide your family up by doing this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you it, can change them every five years. Yeah. And you can still do some things. You just list what you want to be able to do with them, like have your kids build houses or have different revenue streams, grow marijuana if you want. You list those out. But in the end, the contract has to benefit natural environment and the environment around you. And so... If it doesn't clearly benefit nature, then it just won't be approved by the courts. He mentioned so early on people put golf courses on conservation easements, and luckily that got squashed because while they are very pretty and they're very green, not much at all about a golf course is a natural ecosystem. But these contracts help preserve nature on private land. Mm -hmm. Very cool episode. So just something to keep in mind as we all progress on our journeys to help the environment. And I guess that's it, huh? Yeah, I think that was it. We, we learned, learned a lot. Yeah, we learned so much and we're applying lots of these lessons to our lives and hope you get a little inspiration in yours too. Obviously, if you want to learn more about any topic, just go back to that episode. And we'd love to hear from you if you make any changes that you feel good about. Hit us up on Instagram at mostlygreen.life. And coming up, we're going to head back into food and beverage, probably our favorite topic, mixed in with some important summer topics like sunscreen. Jess, I've had so much fun exploring these topics with you. I always appreciate your questions and curiosity. <laughs> uh, Mason scripted something for me to say next. <laughs> and it was funny. Uh, you're and an Jessica amazing person too, Jessica Mason. didn't read the script. I didn't read it, no. <laughs> All right. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.